This is a discussion around a table, episode number 008. Today, I sit down with Kim McKnight and we discuss his experience with building not one, but two custom homes, starting a garage band, as well as he's the first guest to bring me a surprise. Stay tuned at the end of the episode to figure out what that is. And I'd like to give a shout out to my listeners all around the world. I got downloads from the United Kingdom, Germany, Cyprus, Sweden, and it looks like somewhere else, but it won't tell me where. Thank you all for enjoying the show and enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everybody, to Discussions Around Our Table. We're here today with another newcomer. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Ken McKnight, and I'm a PA local. Uh, not really an expert on anything, but uh, I know a lot about a little. Well, good. So we've known each other for, shoot, I don't even know how long, probably 12 years-ish, 13 years? Yeah, I met you when we were in the fire service. Um, I actually met your wife first on, on one of her first fire calls. And, uh, and then I, I met you through and we had some, some similar friends and similar interests. So yeah. we've known each other for yeah, a while. The, the volunteer thing for a while. And then did you end up working private ambulance too? Yeah. I'd spent about five years. Yeah. I think we kind of crossed paths there Oh yeah, a little I, bit. But then we had, you know, mutual friends and that kind of stuff. And we partied at each other's houses, yeah. done different things together. I think we used to airsoft together and. Oh, airsoft. Oh, yeah. There's another thing I know just a little bit about. Not yeah. enough. Back, uh, I guess when we probably really first used to hung, hang out a bunch was doing airsoft uh, at that house down off the river. Yeah, and we uh, used to have uh, bro mornings where we'd all eat breakfast and you'd yeah. steal all the creamer from the restaurant. That is very true. Cause I, I like to have a little bit of coffee with my creamer in the morning. I remember that. And so, and then for a while I started actually bringing my own in because I don't like the half and half. I wanted to have my, you know, foo-foo flavored stuff so I'd sneak in creamer because most restaurants don't like you to bring in your own <laughs> stuff. I mean, I don't even, they actually, uh, what was that like almost a year ago now my wife and daughter actually got asked to leave a restaurant because my daughter's got celiac and they were at a restaurant that was not gluten-free friendly and so they brought in something so much that she could eat and my wife was paying for food and they asked her to leave because you know we brought in food for my you know celiac daughter who's diabetic with a little blood sugar and they said oh, you need to leave you can't and so we've never been back to that place well that's way better than what i've done i've like i have a We've been uh, to places that don't serve alcohol, and we snuck our own drinks in <laughs> back in the day, back in the day. Now I'm yeah. a responsible adult with many, many things on my plate, but I remember you'd look away and yeah. pour your drink. and well, you know, it's just a, another version of car bar, and there's been oh, times yeah, where absolutely. we've had to do that, where go outside, have a little drinks out in the parking lot or whatever, because you don't want to pay for the super expensive drinks that are inside, or they don't have the quite the same ones or whatnot. I once brought my uh, a bottle to Canada with me and uh I actually ended up drinking all of it on the on the ferry ride over it was a fifth of rum and the next thing I know um I'm getting put to bed at five at dinner time when we're supposed to be getting dinner and I missed out on I guess a hell of an evening from what I've been told um everyone arrived in our hotel room well I I my wife told me to go to bed because I was being obnoxious and and so I did, and uh, they everyone busts in the room. It's the big, the, the old, the old group. Um, I don't even know, but I, I I know that Jason was involved, a mutual friend that we have. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, this happened and this happened." Jason almost got into a fight, and we saw cops draw some guns at the pizza parlor. And I'm in I'm in this fog, and I wake up and I can smell the pizza that came in with them. And I go, "Hold on, you guys got pizza?" 
bring that over and let's talk about this story. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're going to take a time out in the story to get some pizza, this pizza you're talking about. It was good pizza. Guns in Canada, though. I mean, that was pretty big if cops in Canada had to pull guns because most cops in Canada, that, as far as I know, most of them don't carry guns. Yeah. They're kind of like the UK where some of them have guns and some of them don't, as far as I know. I mean, I'm not well-versed in all Canadian law enforcement, but... I wasn't there to witness the RCMP uh, do their thing, but uh, it would have been uh, it would have been a sight to see, apparently. But wild nights up there. So was that pre twenty one? Because I know we went used to go a lot, like between the nineteen to twenty one age. But I know you're a couple years older than me, so I was more nineteen year over twenty one when we would go together. But yeah, I would say that I was I was over twenty one. I think there were a couple couple of friends in our group that were nineteen, and that's so that's how long ago it was. Yeah, so that was at least 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, actually, Jason was uh, – uh, the the fight that he almost got into, he was defending my wife's honor because I wasn't there. <laughs> That's a good friend. Uh, he's a really good friend, you know, and <clears throat> and uh, they were teasing him about how much he perspires. Yeah. And as you can imagine, our, our friend Jason's like, well, I don't really appreciate you hitting on my buddy's wife. So – I don't know. I've seen Jason on a Halloween once when uh, he's not going to appreciate this story, but uh, he was dressed up as a girl for Halloween one year, and we were going into Safeway, and there was a drunk guy in the parking lot just talking trash to anybody who was walking by and wanted to fight somebody. So Jason was going to oblige him <laughs> and take him up on his offer and dressed as a girl. I don't remember what he was wearing, but you know it was definitely the really poorly done Halloween you know, guy dressed like a girl outfit, but it was very obvious that it was a guy dressed like a girl. And we were telling him, dude, you're about to get beat up by a dude dressed like a girl. <laughs> and it ended up not happening, but it was still I, – I tell that story a lot because um, I currently deal with that person on a not regular basis, but I see him you know, a few times every couple of years when he makes his way into town from <laughs> where he lives. And I like to re- reminisce about that story of uh, when he almost got beat up by a, you know, a cross-dresser, essentially. That uh, that Jason, he has some of the wildest wildest. Co- I didn't I didn't mean to get on a Jason tangent. <laughs> I, I really don't. I feel bad he's not here to defend himself. That's all right. I've I've offered for him to come on. We we're actually just talking today. <laughs> he's been meaning, so this will be uh, his punishment for not this, coming on. This will be the segue into him having to defend himself. Yeah. Do you remember the year that he was Jack from Jack in the Box? Yeah. That, that was, was like one of the best costumes. That was the best costume. But the funny part was he had no peripheral vision and he was drinking alcohol through a straw in his sleeve. And so he'd be standing there, and you'd be like, hey, how's it going, man? And he'd tip over. And he, it wasn't because he was too inebriated. He just he couldn't see, it and he'd lose his perception. And so I think about three or four times I watched him just from the standing position fall back into a wall or a crowd of people. And yeah. I remember that that was kind of hilarious. Yeah, I, I think he had the best costume a couple years running. I mean, he had the Jack in the Box costume one year, and then he had the Kissing Booth costume the next year. Yes, and like I'm pretty sure all of our wives or girlfriends at the time definitely kissed him. No, a- absolutely. He uh, he capitalized on the DIY costume, and he he mastered it. The last like that was the last year that I remember seeing a costume was a Kissing Booth, and I mm-hmm. go, okay, you did it. You yeah. can't top that. Yeah, yeah. That was in a when we used to party in your old house in your garage because you had like the whole bar set up there and. Yeah, I uh, wasn't stage for used for different reasons, and uh, yeah, it was used for a couple different reasons. I uh, I always Im- imagined myself having my own bar, and I was too poor to you know create my own real bar, so I did it in my garage, and uh, it was very uh, DIY. It turned out nice though. Remember you had like a because you were just getting out of the fire service, I think a little before that, so you had some old like fire hose and that kind of stuff that you put around the 
edge and you know you had the racks behind it and whatnot and yeah, yeah, it was a. It was like I I collected and it was it just like I would get scraps from you know like I I built that bar out of like an old cedar fence, and then um, I got the I got the mirror from this old firefighter I did some uh, remodeling for, and I put it all together and then I had this this really it, you know what for the time it was the coolest it was the coolest place to hang out because. It was very exclusive. You didn't have to deal with anyone, and it was it was some of the best times I ever had was in that garage. Yep, I remember having a lot of good times. I also remember one night, uh, whose car was it? It was someone's car. We caught somebody breaking into. Was it Jason's? I think it CRX. Was, it was Denny's. Uh, Denny's Eclipse. Oh, it was Eclipse. That's right. And then like we ended up like chasing that guy like through the park. It was like, like a kid <laughs> with a anyone in a with a bike and backpack is no good. Yep. No, but I stop with those kids all the time. If it's three o'clock in the morning and you're riding around without in all dark clothing, without a light on your bike and a backpack, you're probably up to no good, and you're oh, probably yeah. going to get stopped. And uh, asked why you're not wearing a helmet in the city <laughs> and why you don't have a blinking red light in the rear and a solid white light to the front, because those are all laws in where we live. So you did some remodel stuff. I mean, I know that you've. Um, I think when when you left the ambulances when you were working for your dad, and that's when uh. Good old Too Tall Tyson was working with you. Um, oh yeah, and I forget somebody else was working with you. Was uh, it actually, who was the who's that third guy that was working with you? We well, we had a couple. Um, my my cousin, who you know, Jeff, he worked with us for a little bit, yeah. and then he went on to a couple other things. Um, and then we had a, a kid we called Hayseed, and he worked with us for a summer. Um, I ever met him? Yeah, he was. He, he's he's a good guy. He's just he had a lot of attitude, and it was. Yeah. But well, you built that house that had the bar in the garage. Yeah, I built I built my own house at uh, twenty two, um, just just from being exposed to it. Uh, just a couple months with my dad, I'm like, oh, I could do this, and and you know, of course, you 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 start doing it, and then you you don't have the answer for something, and uh, it becomes it becomes very difficult, and then you'll figure it out. You you just learn from a lot of mistakes. You make a lot of mistakes, and you learn from them. And so, yeah, I built that house, and we lived. My wife and I lived there for about ten, twelve years. And we, you know, the market got hot. We sold it. Yeah, I mean, because well, you bought at a good time because you bought the property when property was super cheap, and then built. Yeah, um, so I'm the, guessing the equity was probably the equity. Okay in it. The equity that I had was rather insane. It was it it was a it was a good investment. And yeah. for anyone out there thinking about hemming and hawing about should I buy property or land, buy property? Um, especially now it'll, it'll pay off. They ain't making any more property. So yeah. Well, it seems like property is, is staying more stable than houses. I mean, houses will jump sometimes 25,000 month yeah. to month. I mean that we just bought our house. We're in now a year ago and I could probably easily sell it for 25,000 more. Yeah. And it's only been a year and we haven't really done much, but you know, paint here and there and kind of spruce it up. And in one year's time, we, already could have done that but it's definitely something that i would love to do but i don't have the patience or the skills that you do to build it by, on my own you know i could help swing a hammer i mean i've helped you know a buddy um demo things and i've helped jason he does a lot of tile work he's helped tile our old bathroom he's going to come and help fix some grout and that kind of stuff so I could, i'm a good helper i'm a good laborer like i could be a professional you know in the labor union but uh you know, my initial skills was an electrician, but I didn't finish electrician school, so I can't say I'm a certified electrician. <laughs> and if I try to do it now, I'd probably end up electrocuting myself or something. But yeah, that's my I I don't touch I don't I don't I don't mess around with electricity. I get I get a lot of grief for my fear of electricity, but 
I've been hit a few times by the by the hand of God, as I call it. Yeah. Well, I should hook you up with my guy. He uh, he likes to do a lot of trades, like trade framing for electrical and that kind of stuff. So, well, you know, if you're ever looking for little side projects to do, he's always down to do some side jobs too. He's actually remodeling his attic right now, but. You know, in the future, if you need uh, some electrical work done, he likes to trade labor for labor. And he uses, like, I know he just did a trade with a guy because he's building his garage. I think they had to trade um, hour for hour. So you'd do an hour of electrical stuff for an hour of framing stuff. And then, you know, pretty much material. So all you got to pay is materials. And he does all your work. He did all our cans in our living room and that kind of stuff. And so oh, wow. it ends up doing pretty good. But uh, so you built one house, sold it for good, and now you're currently building your your second house, but probably I don't know how many houses you've built. I know that you built an uncle's house. It's for your uncle's house right around the corner. But tell yeah. us about the uh, home building process, I mean, from your perspective, of the being the builder and the eventual homeowner of that. Being an owner-builder, and I've been, I've been saying this a lot, so if I repeat myself, I'm sorry, but it is one of those things that everyone should do once in their life and they will have a whole new respect on on what it is is in their home. Um, I know that I'll get hung up on certain things, and I'll be like, "Oh man, this is not perfect, and it, this is horrible." And then you know, you you get down off a ladder, you walk away for a couple hours, and you forget that there's there's just a little boo boo up up um, on the roof there that only you know about. And so you know, when people look at homes, they go, "Oh, this is a really nice home," and you kind of like you as a builder you kind of look at it and go well uh i see a mistake there and why didn't they do this and you know why didn't they do it the way i i, I would do it and so um it's kind of funny that you uh you find those little things but um the the actual the actual task of of coordinating everything I've, i'm doing the majority probably like 75 percent of the work is i'm doing myself and i have i have uh friends or family that come help but uh Trying to, you know, there's some things that you can't do. I don't do electricity. I don't do plumbing. I don't do, you know, you got to have someone put in your HVAC or your mechanical uh, stuff. Now, is that just skill-wise or is that actually like permit-wise? Like you have to have a permitted person to do some of those things. I, I would tell you that most, like like for mechanical, that's a that's something that they have. that They provide the units. They they provide all that material. Um, it's cost and all that it's a lot easier for them to do it yeah. well i've heard like um most of the time it's cheaper to hire someone to insulate your house than it would be to go buy the insulation oh. and do it yourself yeah absolutely and they you know like you would say oh all i gotta do is stuff insulation in here and it'll be so easy and i'll save myself a pile not the case they make it look easy and they don't charge you a whole lot and it's nice to have that to get that yeah. done that's something that we're definitely gonna do is do blowing so you don't do hvac you don't do electrical you don't do plumbing i guess you didn't do your insulation when that time comes yeah i won't do that sounds like you're you were telling me you're just about dried in so to people who don't know being being dried in essentially you have your roof on your doors in your windows in that essentially water is not going to penetrate into yeah. your house if it was to rain um what about foundation? So let's start from the, you know, literally the ground up. Did you do your dirt work and your foundation work? Or? Well, okay. So I, um, I was going to be a big job. Um, this is kind of the dream home. Uh, so we, you know, my wife and I, you know, we sold our house. And then we're basically, we've been homeless. We're kind of a traveling band of gypsies, just wherever we can stay. Uh, fortunate, fortunate for us, uh, my mom is not living at her place. Uh, so we have a place to stay. And we've been doing that for, I guess, like the last six months now. And then we, we've been living 
like cohabitating, living in trailers with other family. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been, a, it's, it's a sacrifice. That's a, that's a first thing. If you want to do it and you want to do it right, you have to sacrifice any dignity you have. You're just going to have to suck it up. And, you know, the winter time was really hard. It took forever to get an engineer to sign off on the prints that we bought. And, you know, by the time we got signed off, we'd already been, you know, homeless for, <laughs> you know, uh, about four or five months. And then you have to get the ball rolling on everything else. So come, and I can tell you the day, because I, I, it was right after Christmas. I was sick with the flu. I was, I thought I was dying. And then uh, we got, we got the equipment there. And so we broke ground. Uh, we bought them. Uh, my, my dad bought a machine. So we, you know, we did it ourselves. So it, we had excavated for the basement and then everything was going really good. And then the foundation and I'm not a concrete guy. And my foundation wasn't expensive to have it done. Of course, I had to pull some strings, get some get some people in there that could help me. And it's not perfect, but it it'll do. It passed inspection, do. so you know it's safe. Yeah, the the county, the government says it's okay, so it's got to be it's got to be right. Did you dig? I mean, all your power and water and like <laughs> yeah. your well and that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I'm actually on a, I'm on a, a, a water share with Crescent Water, um, and so I actually dug a water. I dug my first water line in the excavator the other day, and it looked like a drunk sailor did it. Um, and that was that was by design. But everyone criticized my my ditch, but I had power lines I had to keep from digging up, and I had a road I had to kind of follow. And that was a that was that was kind of a fun fun day. But it's just it's so dry right now. It's super dusty, and it was. It was it was gnarly. So, is there an ideal time of year to start building yeah. a house? I mean, if you're gonna, if you have to build, I mean, dig your foundation, dig your water, dig your septic. I mean, what's the time of year that someone should look at well, planning on starting? <laughs> ideally, ideally not winter time like I did. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing the ground is either too wet from fall or too hard packed frozen from winter. Yeah, it's, it's just just usually just super messy, and it doesn't it won't prevent you from building, but. Yeah. It's uh, it's just it's just a crappy time to to do all that stuff, and then like right now, every time you dig right now where I'm at, it's just a, a, a just a dust cloud. So, yeah, I know a lot of times like you see like road guys you even like bring out a water truck just to water down, yeah, like a pre water almost this time of year because to kind of help with the dust and mitigation yeah, and whatnot. It's, but it's so it's so it's so bad right now. Um, I I come home every day and you know like if you if you if I were to jump into a bathtub, it is literally just brown and gross from all the dust and chalk and all that probably blowing your nose and just oh yeah big old dirt chunks coming out i've I've produced some rather interesting specimens yeah all right so help with the foundation so then usually after foundation you know you get because you have a couple different inspections you have like your first dirt work and then you have your forms that someone comes out and inspects and then you pour the cement and then someone comes out and inspects i mean that's what i noticed with a a brother-in-law ish who's building that how many inspections he has to have like at each step of the way and oh, if something you know they criticize one thing but you have to get that one thing fixed usually before they have to come back out and reinspect it and back and forth and then if you're using a sub you got to get them to come back out and so it can be sometimes a process but nothing could ever be easy with it that's that's the yeah. one that's well, my one takeaway and you have permits and the permits are expensive and they usually have a time frame to get them done that kind of stuff so i know it's it's definitely if when i heard can be very stressful depending on 
if you're doing it yourself or time of year and complicated and that kind of stuff. Um, the guy people we bought our house from, they built the house and they had it uh, inspected. You know, the they had you know a surveyor come out say, okay, you need to, if you want this kind of house and you're approved for this kind of septic, you need to put your house here and your septic there and like had it all mapped out. So they did all that, started doing their groundwork. They had everything cut in. They put their septic in. County came out and failed their septic. They said, nope, wrong septic, wrong place. You can't put it there. And he's like, uh, excuse me? Like, it was approved. A septic designer came out. Everything's done. It Like, well, it's not what's called perking at the right level. So it's not draining appropriately, essentially. So, you know, you can't use it right there. And it ended up being this big thing. And it was going to cost them, like, a whole bunch of money to redo it and, you know, is their house even going to be situated in the right spot anymore, or do they have to completely redo that? Long story short, they ended up, the septic inspector essentially went in and it sounds like chewed butt at the county. It was like, no, everything is fine. I'm a you know septic engineer. You're a inspector. You know, there's a reason why you inspect and not work. And so they ended up you know winning that battle. But it can be just little things like that that you don't expect that can come in. And um, I have, we have another mutual friend um, that... I don't know if you know, they just bought property out off of uh, Old Olympic, um, Old Waggy. He bought a property out there. And they had a, at some point in time, there was an eagle's nest within like 100 yards of his house. Well, the eagle's nest is not there anymore. But on the last county map that they had, it said there's an eagle's nest there. So they had to do all this extra stuff. And then um, their lenders said, nope, there's an eagle's nest too close. We can't lend to you or whatever. And they're like, no, it's not there. Here's proof, blah, blah, blah. Well, the county has to change their maps in order to do that. You know, we have to we have to have proof from the county. So they go talk to the county. County goes, "Yep, that's the case. Super easy. All we have to do is change this, that, or the other thing." However, we're not going to do that. He's like, "What do you mean you're not going to do that?" Well, if we change your map, we have to change all of the maps in the entire county because when we change one, it then has to everything has to be updated. And it's too cost prohibitive, so we're not going to do that for you. And he's like, "So what am I supposed to do?" He's like, "Well, you know." good luck. It's not our problem. It's your problem type of thing. And again, they fight back and forth, the county and the lender and all this other kind of stuff. And finally they had enough documentation of like somebody went out there, you know, neighbors and all the different kind of stuff says that nest is no longer even there. It hasn't been there for X number of years. It's, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they finally got it all approved and got, but it was again, the county inspectors coming around and sticking their nose in it and complicating them you know, all the issues. and I've been very fortunate, and I really, really like my inspectors, especially if they're subscribing to this podcast. Yeah. Um, no, they, they've been really good to me. I think there's some new faces in there, which I think helps. Um, I know that I've heard nightmare stories about it, but... Uh, yeah. And this is more, the, I think, the, you know, quote-unquote ladies at the counter. I mean, it sounds like most of them are the ones who are kind of giving them a hard time for a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, the ones in the field, I'm sure, are much more lenient and or, you know, kind of, I've, I've known some inspectors be helpful in that kind of stuff. They'll come yeah. around and say, hey, you know, I, I noticed this or this, you know, maybe we can get that, you know, fixed up real quick. And you being, you know, a contractor yourself, you can probably fix it right behind them if you needed to. Well, and I always remind them, this one's for me, this one's not for profit, you know, and I, I think when you say that, it it puts a little bit more, it makes it a little bit more personal. Um that definitely has seemed to help me a little bit. I don't get a lot of uh, flack or, or pushback. So, and they know I'm on like a timeline. So it's yeah. been, it's I mean, been a good thing to deal with and lenders. And so concrete's down, 
Sounds like you have a basement, which is unusual for this area. Most people don't have basements. I got some. I got some of the best dirt in the county. It's all sand and rock. It's it's phenomenal. Um, but no. Uh, so when you frame it up, it goes up real quick. You think, "Wow, I'm really moving," and then you get to the roof, and I don't like. There's two things I fear more than anything: it's heights and snakes. So um, you throw a snake on the roof, I'm probably coming down. But uh, no, it. Uh, it, it things slow down you get eight feet off the ground everything's you know slows down everything becomes a process and and even with my fear of heights the tallest point of my house is 32 feet off the ground so so is it one story or two story it well with the with the daylight it's a daylight basement okay. so it that uh, makes more sense then it's like a, it's like it'd be like a two-story on one side so yeah. it's it's way far off the ground how how many square feet it's about three thousand square feet that's a good size house it, yeah Kind of let my ego drive the train on this one. Um, is I'm guessing most of that's on the first floor, essentially, yeah. or whatever, not the daylight basement and whatnot. So, but it's all all my daylight, all all the basements, living space. It's all gonna be furred in and finished living space, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna have anything. You know, it's not gonna have pipes coming through the you know your your rec room downstairs or anything like that. Yeah. So, so um, did you have to do engineer trusses or did you just get? Yeah, standard. The, yeah, the they uh, the trust company will have has their own engineers, and they they'll it's a it's a big mess when they're you know they measure and, and set everything up and but they engineered them. It's suppose that house that I'm building will probably take a nuclear blast and still be standing. It's so over engineered. Um, so when they deliver the trusses, is it like a paint by numbers type thing? Like you need to put these trusses here and yeah. then these trusses here and then so you kind of have to put it together in a certain order yeah um and they, do they tell you that order or they just drop them off and say here they, are your trusses they'll lay them out in the right order and you know of course i i'm i'm big borrowing and stealing to get help anytime i can and so they just laid them down on their side and, and there they sat for a week until i you know recruited some help and then you get that all up throw the plywood up and then uh, as soon as you get that all framed you call in for roofer and say put the roof on and so now i'm at the siding phase i got the windows in trying to close things up and uh things are i'm on the downhill slide i I would i would say i'm a little bit past the halfway point right now and things will go a little bit quicker i'm i do shift work too so i'm going to be going to nights uh here in september so i'll be able to spend a little bit more time working on that yeah Uh, do you have neighbors or anything yeah i i do and i have probably one of the cool i i have just a I got a lot of acreage, but I, I know most of my neighbors and they're really into what I'm doing. They're all older. Um, so they come down and they don't pester me, but they always, you know, inspect what I'm doing, make sure I'm doing it right. And, you know, I'm like, Oh, my time is so precious. Why are you talking to me? And, yeah. I, and I, I love them, but I'm just like, I got to get working on this thing. Yeah. Are they going to be as accommodating when it's one o'clock in the morning and you're inside running an air compressor and swinging a hammer? Well, I don't think they have a choice <laughs> unless the deputies have something to say, but no, I, I don't think it's, I, I think I'm far enough away and I'll be able to, I'll be able to manage that without them, uh, without pestering them too bad. And every, <clears throat> everything, you know, should be insulated. So the sound will, yeah. so and I don't uh, make a lot of, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't scream a whole lot of profanities too often. So I don't yeah. think anyone will be too upset. Um, so siding is that the cement board, like hardy plank? Yeah, and yeah. then roof is that composite or you know shingle or yeah, you do metal a, or it did the the architectural grade shingles, um, and I I hired someone to do that because I was done with the roof. 
anything unique about your house? Did you put like any extra special things in there? Like some people put like, uh, you know, skylights or the little solar tubes or, uh, my boss, one of my bosses actually, uh, wired his eaves for electrical so that he can plug his Christmas lights in without I, having to do that kind of stuff. I always, every, every house I built has a plug in in the eaves for Christmas lights. So I'll do something like that. Um, as far as anything special, you know, no, uh, I mean, it's a, there's, there's nothing that would make it very, you know, like super custom besides the fact that it's my house. Um, but, uh, it's just, it's just what, we want, you know, there's, yeah. there's no, you know, like I don't have like a arcade room with, you know, like all my pinball machines or whatever. I don't, I don't have anything crazy like that. It's it. I mean, anyone can go through the house and be like, Oh, I could live here. It's not just, you know, for, you're going to have a, your, put your bar back up. I actually had, so we took the bar out of the house and, uh, kind of at our late party and stage, we, uh, we, we, we started drinking and writing really just, just crude things on the bar about just each we you know we tease each other by writing these sharpies so i'm like we got some really great and we didn't do this in our heyday in the prime um so i did take the bar and it's sitting in my garage right now and it might get resurrected and put maybe out in uh my shop because i just i don't have the spot in the house for it so uh i know that the garage was turned into the bar because you know i don't know if i ever saw you park a car in there i did i parked a car in there once and that was only to hide some stuff that when we were showing it um and my truck i mean it fit from like nut to butt in that in the garage so i was able to throw all my all my stuff in storage there so i actually have one picture uh where there's a truck in the garage and i can i can prove it to you i might i might send it to you on instagram Perfect. And then, so then I saw, you know, via Facebook and different things that the bar, the garage stage, you know, then turned into kind of the band room. Yeah. Um, I, I spent a lot of time, um, kind of after the party phase, uh, spent a lot of time pursuing like local music, like kind of garage band, like, uh, stage band stuff, uh, here in town. Yeah. I think you guys did, um, well, it's kind of like, there was almost like two or three bands. There was one that was like you, Jason, and then, um, Nick, I wasn't in that band. That you was, I thought you were in that no. one. So there's, yeah, very, so there's several like, variations. So of there's it. like Jason, Nick, and then Scott Strong was in that. Yeah, was Scotty Wilder, real strong. Yeah, and then um, you and Jason, and then um, I'm trying to remember who the third was. Oh, we had the, we played with Peggy for a long time. You played with Peggy, and then you played with Corey, I think, too, didn't you? Yeah, and we're we're still we're Wingman Down is not out of commission. It's just uh, just on hiatus. The, yeah, there's a lot of priorities in life. I, I think that uh, parenting became a, a big priority for all three of us. Um, you don't kind of see that coming until everyone everyone's doing it. I know that uh, Jason is very busy in the summers with his, his DJ stuff. Uh, he does pretty well at that. Very highly recommended DJ if anyone out there is looking to get married or have a bar mitzvah or just really any kind of thing. Dude, he does yeah, a lot really, of events. Yeah. We've used him for some of our Christmas parties and that kind of stuff, and he does do great. Yeah, great job did. with that, and he's actually one that showed me a lot of the audio editing of this. I mean, the sound quality that I get is a lot, thanks to him with editing-wise and whatnot. Unless it's bad, then it's all my fault, not his fault. So don't 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 take my editing as his editing, oh, but right. he showed me some tips and tricks. And he he loves to stay, and here we are talking about him again. He should yeah. be here. He should be in that seat right there. He should. But uh, here we are talking about him again. No, he, he like, he'll... He'll get on the subject and he'll study. You know, it's great to have him in a band because 
he was the expert on everything. Uh, you know, outside of playing the drums, like, yeah, I know how to, you know, set up the recording so we can, we can do this and, and produce it and put on like SoundCloud or, or, you know, Reverb Nation. Yeah. Is and it still up there? Like, can our listeners go get your, uh, yeah, uh, greatest hits album or whatever on there? I, I, I believe that it's all, uh, the the gateway or the portal is all through Facebook, uh, Wingman Down at Facebook. Um, you can get to I think it's through Sound uh, Reverb Nation, and there's a couple. Uh, YouTube is a is another one. That's I always think that YouTube's so easy. I, you know, people are like oh why don't you have Spotify? Because I have YouTube and I'm not paying for it. I'm paying for the internet. Yeah. So I use YouTube a lot to to listen to music and and check out other things. But it's it's uh, music is kind of wild. It's a it's a talent that no like especially you know like everyone knows big name music, and people put a lot of like the local bands or local artists that are still up and coming. I some of the best acts I've ever heard have been you know local that no one, no one will ever hear them, and it's it's yeah. kind of a shame. Well, I mean the true music musicians in pop listening is really isn't there anymore. You don't see that many people having the full band ensemble like you guys had, where you, you know you have your own vocals, you have your own, you know, guitar, drums, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, most, you know, people, I would think, like, I mean, the only one I, you know, outside country music, you think you still see it somewhat in country, people play their own instruments. Um, you know, Ed Sheeran, as far yeah. as that kind of stuff. And then your rock bands, but, like, all the pop music, I mean, obviously all the rap, it's all produced by people. And then... Yeah. It's all I written, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, and um, the... was it, like, the Victoria Black, whatever, the one that did that, you know, It's Friday song? Oh, Yeah. I know, like, her big thing is, like, she didn't plan on making it big, but it ended up just being, because so she uploaded it, was it good. but I guess there's a, essentially a company that you just go and pay them money, and they'll make, that's who made that video for her, so you don't have to necessarily have knowledge, or talent, or musical ability, and you can get out there, and it's either good, goes viral, or bad, and still goes viral, or whatever, and then that ends up being more, pop. I mean, look at some, a lot of these modern day right you know we're getting old so i'm kind of the curmudgeon of you know kids music nowadays not as good as when i was a kid that's absolutely that, true you know i listen to you know some of the stuff that comes on and i'm just like oh my god i mean i was a school resource officer for a couple of years and going to high school dances was literally my nightmare the music the kids listened to was absolutely horrible and i that's when i realized i was getting old and i'm a curmudgeon because i'm like this music shocks yeah, Get no. off my grass, kids. It it is so horrible. Uh we just went to we went and see saw Weezer uh this weekend. Yeah, I'm it, I'm jealous. I looked like it would be a good show to go to. It was I it, it blew my mind for my expectation. I'm like, oh I'm gonna go see Weezer play. No, they had it was a show, it was a performance, it was great. But uh we looked around and like there there were no teenagers there. And I was really, really like I'm like, oh man, there's like no one's taking this, and I mean, and they're rocking hard, in my opinion. And uh, there's just the, all the old washed-up hippies smoking doobies for the Pixies, and then people our age, and yeah. then maybe with their kids. That was the youngest people there, and it was it was kind of funny. Yeah. But uh, no, that was that was a sign of the time. That was a big wake-up call. But yeah, working working with kids, you know, I, I hear these names, and I go, "Who's that? What's that? Who are the Migos?" I'm like, "Yeah." This is awful, you know. They're yeah. If it's not on, you know, Spotify top forty, I usually won't pick it up. And even then, like I, most of my Spotify playlist is like, you know, '90s rock or Bring Back the 2000s or, you know, '90s 
you know, hip hop, R and B, and like that kind of stuff. It's all stuff that we kind of grew up with, as opposed to like modern day stuff. I mean, I, mean, I think I have Spotify Top 100 or whatever, whatever that is, just to put on every now and then for different things we do. But I don't listen to as much as other stuff, and then it is just, I mean, not the same. But I mean, um, from my perspective, you're kind of the anomaly when it comes to music because you didn't get into playing music or learning how to play music until well, this late. All, I mean, like in your twenties. This all goes back to. Cons- I, I don't have any good set. I'm not an, I, I wouldn't, I would never classify myself as an alcoholic, but I'm a, I'm a good time Charlie. And I don't have any story that, you know, I was, I was eating a salad and this happened. No, it was, it was usually I was having a couple of beers and then this happened. Um, mutual friends. I think we, we can include Jason in this one again, Jason, you need to be here guy. You're, you're being just r- Raked over the coal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they had they had a cool basement with some band equipment. And they were just they were, you know, there's a house party, they were messing around. They had uh, Denny on the drums and Jason was on guitar and and there was a bass there. I'm like, yeah, I bet I could play. It's only got four strings. And so here I am, like twenty five years old at this house party and just kinda falling along. And I'm not I'm I'm not a musician. <laughs> I'm I'm the guy that you can show a couple things to, and I might be able to like you know hang out and and do it. But like, I get super you know playing. You go see like these people that are like you know quote unquote like music's their life. Like me, I'm just this guy. It's like, oh, it's Friday night. We can go play a show and you know uh, have some fun with some of our friends downtown. Yeah, let's go do that. Um, and it's like, like this guy's like giving his whole life to play the bass this good. And I'm like watching him. Like I get super intimidated. I get wigged out. And then, you know, like it, not like not like we were a big name act or anything like, but sometimes you would you'd be like the headliner at the local show because you you drew the most people there. And I'd be watching these other musicians and I have a couple of beers to loosen up because you're gonna be on stage. And then I'm like, oh 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 shit, I forgot how to play. <laughs> I'm like I'm like you just draw a blank and then you get up there and then everything kind of comes back to you. But uh, no, it, it yeah that that started at 25 and. Here I am, like thirty six, and I, you know, I, I still don't, you know. There's people that like pick up their guitar every day. That's how they unwind or decompress. And uh, here I am, just like, well, I'll, I can make it to band practice this year. Uh, we'll, we'll do, you know, we got together twice this year and just kind of played some of the old stuff. And oh yeah, we can still do this. All right, right on. Yeah, I think, um, you know, because I initially try to get in on that, you know house party action as well. I think um, Jason actually bought my bass from me that then you ended up using for a little while. I, and played, then, I played the hell out of that bass. Um, you know, because I, I picked it up and I wasn't the one that like picked it up right away. I could play a song or two, but it wasn't one where like, hey, we're just going to jam, you know, just do whatever you feel like. I'd be like, I don't, I'm slapping at it and I just, it wasn't for me. But I gave it a, you know, the good old college try, but you know, it was good that, I held on to that thing for a couple of years until Jason ended up picking it up again, Jason. And then, um, you know, I don't know you played it, and I have no idea. What, you probably got rid of it by now, but oh, I think Jason still has it because he he if he gets a wild hair, he'll, uh, he'll he can produce. The guy's self sufficient; he can produce anything. Yeah. He could write his own album there with all his instruments. And yeah, I mean, he's a. I knew him as a, a drum player initially, but then I, you know I found out later on that he played guitar and he plays it very well. And then because that was kind of before really the bands really took off. That was kind of his party trick because he bust out the acoustic we'd all sit around a campfire and you know 
you just lay down all of whatever songs that everybody would really badly karaoke group sing. You uh, you ever see that meme where it's like it shows the riot police and then like they're throwing tear gas in the crowd. Yeah. And it's like someone at a good party and then Wonderwall is the grenade. Yeah. That was Hooper. Yep. That was Hooper. Ho- uh, Wonderwall or uh, Santeria by Sublime. That was always one that... What I got. We I, I remember yeah. we uh, rode back from the casino and we were all just acapella and what I got what in I the got. shuttle. And uh, actually Weezer too. Oh. Um, whatever they were. I can't think of the... You just went to their concert, but uh, one of their really big ones. Uh, Buddy Holly? I don't know if it was Buddy Holly. What's another one? Sweater song? Undone the sweater song? It was either I know it was either Buddy Holly or the sweater song. It was probably the sweater song. That you know everybody you know would get in on that and different things and um, you know the girls would always ask him to play like Journey and that kind of stuff and I don't think he knew how to play a lot of those ones so he just you know make it up but then we had you know another friend Luke that he'd get on the guitar every now and then. I think he could play a little more rock where Jason played a little bit more you know he's punk rock I mean in a sense that's how I knew him in school was he was kind of the punk rock kid um, which he's probably still wants to be punk rock but you know now he's the dad and it's um, it's hard it's hard to defend your punk rock status like I, I jumped into it late in the game and it's really hard to defend that that uh, status this at this point in age but it's still some of the funnest music to play and just kind of there's just unfortunately there's no crowd energy anymore they're like what what's a pop punk and then you just start crying yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's kind of punk went the way of ska. That you know, ska when we were in high school was kind of a thing a little bit, but then that turned into punk rock, and then you know, punk's now made its way to kind of the stadium hip hop type. I mean, it's like a mix, yeah. like you know, whatever you want to call. I guess it's pop rock. You know, the Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, they don't. They Maroon don't even have five. it. Like, I mean, it's. I it's think. Its own. Uh, like you can't even say it's alternative. You can't say it's rock. You can't say it's even pop because it's not quite. I'd say that Katy Perry's more pop than that kind of yeah. stuff. But it's, you know, even Katy Perry, some of her stuff that she comes out with is that. You know, even I'm just naming out all the big ones I can think of. You know, Miley Cyrus is that way. She'll have one that's more pop, and then she'll have one that's kind of more old rock ballad, and then you know, just they just all of this kind of ebb and flow through both of them. You know, I guess wherever the current money is or the current album whatever angst they want to try to say that they have in their you know as they're writing music in their million dollar mansion talking about their problems yeah that that blows that blows my mind sometimes like you you hear something on the radio and you go what producer in their right mind thought it was a good idea to produce this garbage and uh you know we're we're sitting there and there's, there's a funny story uh about my youtube career i've like you, I like to dabble and, you know, you got your podcast, you do some photography, you have, you just, you're into a little, you can't be satisfied with one. Yeah, I like hobbies. One hobby, you know, and hobbies are like holes in your head. You don't need any more of them. But I was like, oh yeah, like bust out on YouTube with like some video. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, we're playing as wingman Dan. I even like Trinity Avenue back in the, back in the day earlier when we you know, were playing with Peggy. We're like, you know, we'll get some, like, you know, garage footage or, like, some show footage. Or even, like, we went as far as, like, we were working on producing a video. I mean, we had it. We were, like, working out the details. It was just getting us all together at the same day to shoot mm-hmm. a real video with uh, Ryan Herring. And, uh, it you know, it didn't, it didn't happen. But uh, we had a couple of re- just, you know, I, uh, good for us. I mean, not like they're not phenomenal. And, you know, to share, it's like, when you share your music, you might as well just be asking people to, you know, like, you're not even asking for money, but you might as well just have your hand out, asking for 
coin and like, I don't have money, kid. Get out of here. Yeah. So we produce a lot of material on you for YouTube, or we tried to. And, uh, you know, like, we'd, we'd get lucky if we get 100 views. I mean, and that was just our real close friends. Or I watched a couple times, like, oh, what, you know, what can I do here? Or, you know, or like I said, I like to listen. <laughs> yeah. a, little, a little narcissistic over here. But uh, my wife put up a video on YouTube of uh, what was called a cockled clam. And at the time, they were really big on, like, uh, Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel showed one. And, you know, it's, you put a little salt out on the table, and this this clam sticks, sticks its tongue out. This is just wild, you know. And so my wife's got this video with, like, 80,000 views now. <laughs> and it's like, it's like you, all you did was, like, you know, pour salt on a table, and this clam licked it. I'm like, we're putting our heart and souls into our music, and it's just yep. it's just garbage. So it can be a little discouraging, you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's all about, you know, the virility of whatever you put out there. You know, the... Um, you know, I see people, I have a friend who just, you know, he had, you know, 20,000 followers on Instagram for different things. Um, and then he ends up starting another page. And like the next day he already has like 1500 followers because he just ports those followers over from there. And mm-hmm. so you see a lot of, you know, people who, you know, end up, you know, big on YouTube and like then their brother makes a YouTube channel and their YouTube channel is yeah. already mostly successful from that kind of stuff. And so if you can hop on any of the viral trains or get yours in there. I mean, your viewership just goes insane. Well, at I that even point. I even discussed with the band that maybe we need to have that clam in the background of our music video, <laughs> just to, just to get the exposure. But that 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 uh, ship has come and sailed, you know. So yeah, at the time, you should just put like a link in the video to your channel or something like that. So then when they go, oh, what's that link? Click on it, and then suddenly you're there. Well, and here, here's the thing about like social media, like YouTube, and like like I know how to run Facebook, and I kind of knew how to run MySpace. Throwback how old of yeah. you know social media that i've been using i still struggle like instagram's pretty basic and i like i i like i enjoy like i see a lot of stuff on instagram especially like working on the house um you know you you share hashtags and people you know like it or follow you and then they're like oh man this guy's like a concrete polisher and he makes these beautiful floors and so uh you know it, it's cool because you can really you can really escape you know what you know, like feels like I'm on an island a lot of the time. Yeah. And there's definitely a big world that's out there that you open up. I mean, um, but I, you know, my favorite social media platform, especially for trying to build a following I've found has been Instagram because of the hashtags, the power of the hashtag on Instagram is above and beyond. I feel on Facebook, you know, Facebook kind of came late to the party, even though they own Instagram I and mean, the hashtags on Facebook don't really go anywhere. I think Twitter maybe, but I mean, Twitter, Twitter for me is like, it's what celebrities and like, I just don't see Twitter being a you, thing. You have to have much. a following. You have to have a big following to get the power on Twitter. Um, you know, we tried, tried that a couple of times with the band and unless, you know, you really have a, a solid following an active, you know, um, Twitter followers, it can be, it'd be a pain, but Instagram, I think I wish I, I wish I knew it better. Like I, I check Instagram like once a week. And I, I, I'm like, oh, I should post something because, you know, I, it's, it's that little endorphin rush when you're like, oh, this person's into it. And then they're building a house. I want to see what they're doing, you know. So it's, uh, it, it's pretty cool. And we just kind of haven't ported that to the music scene yet. And I don't know when, yeah. when we ever will. But it's, it's not yeah. over. I think it's good. I mean, um, I like it because it's not as much vague posts that your grandma put about whatever. I mean, it's. 
it's a lot, you know, it's pictures and sometimes some text, that kind of stuff that it's easier to consume without like kind of being left wondering, oh, what's going on or whatnot, or having to go back and check comments and all that kind of stuff. And so I, it's my preferred method. I'm going to have three Instagram pages. Essentially, I'm going to have one for this. I have one for my photography. And then I have one where I have a little Lego guy that I go around and take pictures with. So kind of more artsy photography, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and so to me, it's been a lot better because I've been able to grow all that following on all three of those pages, all, you know, quote unquote organically, because, you know, I don't do the follow, you know, follow me, follow back and all that kind of nonsense. I mean, that's one of the most frustrating things is for all social media is you go on there and you have X number of followers today and you go on the next day and you've lost five followers and you're like, yeah, you know, where did they go? Why'd you leave? But then a lot of it is just, they're hoping to do that, you know, the follow ladders, the like, like backs and that kind of stuff. And to me, that's just, silly you know you can't say oh look how cool i am i have a hundred thousand followers that's so, okay, fake friends right how there. many of them do you actually know or how many of them actually interact with you and that kind of stuff but i mean you know right now i only have right around 50 for this but i've only had this you know discussions around a table for now going for a month i mean essentially july 1st is when i launched and all of my followers have been strictly organic other podcast listeners other um some people who do listen to the podcast and that kind of stuff and so i and i know i don't know all but all 50 of those people like my page and follow that page because they enjoy the content that I either create here or I put out. And so I think you'll find more success in that. Cause I know like it doesn't, it's uses some of the same algorithms as Facebook, but not quite as yeah. bad. We're like if you in Facebook, you could, you know, our photography page has, I'm not saying it's a lot, but you know, 450 followers and we'll put a post up and then you can go and see how many people saw it. And it, you know, 30 people saw it. I'm like, well, what about the other 400 and, 10 people why didn't those people see it well because if you don't interact with that page all the time facebook just assumes you don't ever want to see it and it'll never show you a post from that page ever again even though you could still like it That's and wild. so the algorithms kill a lot of stuff because facebook's opinion is oh ken mcknight only comes on once a week and doesn't like any of your stuff so we're just going to stop showing ken your stuff well you might only come on once a week and maybe that's what you wanted to see and in your mind well how come, you know, discussions around a table isn't posting anything anymore? But then you go and search, oh, I didn't see these five or six yeah. posts. I mean, what the heck? And, you know, I think that is killing. And then, you know, certain tag words, you know, especially right now with, uh, you know, the politics and, the, you know, I don't try to get political on the show. But if you have anything to do with guns or the NRA or different things, YouTube demonetized all gun stuff. I mean, they're just doing their own political platform of, well – even though we provide you the service, we're still going to, you know, curtail what people can see and curate it so that it's more preferred that, you know, this other kind of stuff is shown. It's like you're going against the whole reason why people went to a lot of these platforms and became creators and that kind of stuff and, you know, put all that into it. And, you know, their followers, they want to see it. So let the followers see what they want to see. And, but, you know, they'll, they've had, um, you know, I follow some you know, gun YouTube channels. I mean, I don't actually follow any YouTube channels. I just kind of go on a search and I know what ones I like to go to. And, you know, my recommendeds will be there. But if I was to try to search certain things, it almost always tends to show me, I guess, what YouTube wants me to see first, as opposed to, you know, if I knew there was a video about a certain thing, it's harder to find, which I find to be nonsense. Yeah, that's uh, when when they get into that kind of stuff, you know, like it's I I. I really I I enjoy social media for what it's for, like especially like Facebook. It's a really you know I got a big family. It's a great way to you know share you know what I'm doing on my house with my family that lives you know other places. But uh, 
like what you're saying there is trying to share your content or what, you know, like, and, and believe me, anyone that's on Facebook right now, whether you, and I don't want to get in politics either, but you know, you're just tired of, you know, the, the rants and raves by, and, and nothing's getting solved. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> all people just want to complain about whatever. And I also believe that not a lot of things is ever going to get changed on Facebook by the little person. And if you're, you know, if you're just going to go on Facebook and think that you're going to start some type of, you know, world changing event or even city changing event just by posting a post, it's never going to happen. Yeah. If you're not out there doing something. Well, about and it. that's, that's when that comes in where it's just a tool. It's not, it's not yeah. your only, it's not your only means. And, yeah. you know, go out there and do something proactive people do something, do something good for your community. Yeah. Be good people. Yeah. Whatever you believe in, go support it. But at the same time, you know, I have my views other people have their views and be someone that respects those views. But just because I voted for one person, you voted for the other person doesn't make either one of us stupid or ignorant or racist or, you know, misogynist or whatever. You can believe in a platform or believe in, you know, support certain aspects of a person, but not necessarily support all of them. I mean, you know, look at religion. A lot of people, follow it either by the book or no, you know, I follow these parts of it, but then not those parts of it. And so, you know, even, you know, laws where, you know, everybody breaks the law, everybody speeds, everybody does different things. So people will, will me murder. That's bad. No one ever wants to do that. Every murderer is bad, (laughs) but then, well, you know, I'm only going 10 over. That's my right. I, you know, driving's a right, you know, I'm, I'm traveling, not, you know, all that nonsense is like, if you look at it black and white, like you do, some people do politics, either you support it or you don't. So either you follow the laws or you don't. Well, no, that's not necessarily always the case. I mean, there's some things that you're allowed to ebb and flow, but on Facebook or not, just social media, you're not allowed to do that, it seems like. And then if they don't have a good argument, then they attack you as a person as far as like, oh, you support such and such a thing. I don't have a rebuttal for that political argument, but hey, you used the wrong there. Or, you, you know... <laughs> Uh, asterisk your whatever and it's like okay that's your that's your argument you're pointing out that I grammatically didn't do something right I mean come on I I used to I used to be very very outspoken politically I think you know I like I said the older you get and the more you find that things are important or what it is you know what your values are someone just arguing with someone over on Facebook over what your opinion is it's Sometimes, you know, when you see it, you just, you bite your lip and you go, oh, I can't wait to, no, 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 don't be better. Just, it's okay. They, they can have their opinion too. And that's, and that's fine. Yep. Um, and you know, you know, we had talked before we, we record. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast too, is also to bring on people who have potentially differing opinions on things, but be able to, ha- I know would have a, you know, intellectual discussion about it and it could get, you know heated essentially but i know at the end of it that me and that person are still going to respect each other we're not going to personally attack each other we're not going to be like oh i now think that you're this or you're (laughs) ignorant unless you do say something that is just completely ignorant but just because you know you believe in you know one political agenda versus the other i'm not going to say that you're ignorant but yeah if you say that one class of person is less than the other well yeah i mean you're going to have an ignorant conversation but it's to me i think that's a you know podcasting like is a good platform facebook is not always as good because i don't think you necessarily get the whole story sometimes people can't articulate what they're trying to say in words as well as or in writing as well as they can spoken well and the other thing too is a lot of people this is another thing where i, I just i i scroll and i i snicker when i scroll 
but you'll you'll see things and you know of course both sides have the hot facts and no one does you know no one does the checks or sources and so i'm like i i almost to the point where I'm like yeah yeah I, I can take or leave it. I'll, I'll go to my, my reliable source that I know. Yeah. I you almost know. try to um, take a, a word from my boss or a phrase is I always try to ground truth everything. If someone can say this, that, or whatever happened, oh my God, the outrage. Okay. Let's wait till the whole story comes out. Let's yeah. wait till, give me more information about that. I mean, if you're going to get your news in the 30 seconds, you're walking by the smut magazines <laughs> in the grocery line and think that's news. I, you know, yeah. Is OJ, is OJ Simpson still dying according to the yeah. inquirer? You know? Okay. And so I, I, so I look at a lot of people's posts. They just see, you know, they get it from one quote unquote biased news source, you know, either extreme left or extreme right or whatever. I mean, trying to find that nonpartisan down the middle news source really there isn't is out there not. because news is a moneymaker. That's what people get into the news for. It's all about clicks. How many people, how much, how can they drive traffic to their site? And, you know, I've, you know, we've done the experiments at work and that kind of stuff where someone will pull up Fox News, someone will pull up CNN, someone will pull up MSNBC after a big event happens. And every headline is different depending on oh, absolutely. which way it is of, oh, my God, I can't believe this person said that. And the other person, oh, man, I'm so in support of that person saying that. And, you know, then we uh, on big event on big events, we'll channel surf. Um, we'll, we'll flip back and forth. Like you said, you. You see just such different views, and you know, like I said, I used to enjoy. I used to enjoy being a little bit more political. I had, you know, a kind of a weird, I've, you know, what I would call, I guess, libertarian views. I'm pretty, pretty flexible, mm-hmm. and you know, I have some of my some of my best friends on the world. You know, we have totally different views, and it's okay. I don't. I don't really. You know, we don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, we're both. We're all. We're all good people, and we all. You know, try. We all kind of have the same goals: take care of our family, do you know? But it's not worth getting, not worth losing your mind over or anything yeah. like that. I mean, the amount of effort that people are putting in, or not effort, but energy into them that they're ignoring from other things to be this keyboard warrior, social justice warrior, or whatever for things that, in the grand scheme, really don't matter. Like you're putting so much of your own self-esteem and energy and whatever into this thing that you think your life is ruined. Oh my God, I cannot believe this referendum got passed or this person got elected for whatever city council, mayor, governor, president, whatever, that my life is over as I know it. But then you wake up the next morning and it was exactly the same life you had the day before. Absolutely. And it's going to be exactly the same life the next day after that. Yeah. There's going to be potential changes in there, but your comfort levels of certain things change over a course of, you know, four to eight years. And, and as you know, it, it, it's always changing. That's, that's the one thing you're just like, Oh man, this was, I remember when we used to do this. Now we can't do this anymore, but it, you know, and, and someone once asked me like, well, you know, would you ever, it was just a hypothetical question, you know, like we're talking about like the initial revolution where, you know, these people got up and, you know, created the United States of America, which was it, just amazing. And they're like, well, you know, if this was really that bad, would you would you be involved in a revolt? And I go, man, as long as I got Netflix and they're coming to me regularly, I ain't doing shit. Yeah. You know, like as long as I can watch my show and, and have a ha- roof over my head, I'm probably pretty good. 
Yeah, and that's what I don't think most people really realize. I mean, the risk that you take. I mean, not just in your life, but okay. You know, we're going to succeed from the union. Yeah. And, and then do what? Exactly. Like, you just think that the United States is going to go, okay, cool, you know, buy whatever state. And then now what? Now you got to come up with your own government, your own money, your own transport. I mean, all the things that was funded at one time by the government. Now you got to find a new way to fund it. So all that federal money is now gone. You got to create your own federal whatever. I mean, and that's just the very, you know, tip of the iceberg of all those problems that people don't realize. You know, the Revolutionary War was obviously much, you know, a different time. It was obviously. absolutely different time. And, you know, it's just much, you know, look at all the Revolutionary Wars that are fought all over the world right now and how successful those are and what rubble is left afterwards. Yeah. I mean, what kind of country is going to be left structurally if something like that were to happen? I mean, it's a it's a different time in a different place, um, you know, that. You talk about that kind of stuff, and I, I, I laugh, you know, like, especially especially when you hang out with, you know, like, you know, just just to, just people that are real eager for uh, for things to change or come up in, and I, I just, I, I go, really? That's that, is that bad? You don't like Netflix and, a, and sleeping in a bed? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, whatever. You know, the people who have the sky is falling mentality of stuff, you know, on both sides, I mean... Obviously, if people listen to my podcast, I'm pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment. I carry every day, all that kind of stuff. But even if, you know, tomorrow, something of that change, do I fear the government's going to come bang down my door, come in my house, and take my guns? No. That is never going to happen. Yeah, and I... I and so people who have that fear, and even, you know, that's the right, which I would say, you know, here's my political view. I'm a little more right-leaning. I'm not afraid that they're going to do it. Who's going to do it? I police the community that I live in. I guarantee you I'm not going to go kick in Ken McKnight's door and take his guns from him. That's never going to happen. Yeah, and that's I, I kind of laugh, you know, it's especially the older you get and you start to watch the era, these eras change, you know, from like I always I always joke that the Clinton era was probably the 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 best time. The the late 90s were as good as it's ever going to be, guys. Like that's that's the top that's the that's the peak of the iceberg uh you know it's it's awesome and then everything just kind of goes downhill from there and you know what it's going to reset itself you know if if you if you're voting you're paying attention you're going to get tired of the same old stuff yep. and it'll change you know th there's always this you know the united states is great because we can do this peaceful transfer of power and every 4 to 8 years and it it's yeah. it's pretty wild it, so no. people have enough of one thing and, and, and move on. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I look at politics whenever voting season comes around because beyond that, it really doesn't have a lot of effect on my daily life enough no. for me to expend energy on it. But what I have noticed more, especially because social media and the news and how everything's reported is all more negative spins on everything, is how much the government, the people who we vote into power to make decisions for us, intentionally it's the schoolyard you made me upset i'm not inviting to your my birthday party oh yeah it's well you didn't help me pass this bill so i'm not going to help you pass that bill when democrats were in office the republicans obstructed them so now the republicans are in office the democrats are going to i mean it's just that back and forth that tit for tat it's like that's where in my opinion i don't care if you're a democrat or republican let's just get can everybody get along i'm all about equality everybody's the same 
everybody has the same rights. Everybody has the same opportunities that no matter what side you vote for or what your beliefs are, everybody should be able to come to the table and expect the same results or, you know, meal and that kind of stuff. In my, again, not to be political, but political view, that's to me the biggest obstruction right now is how much they're focused on all the bad things the other person's doing. I mean, this last election, not get into who the people were, but it was more focused on what the other person did bad oh, yeah. than what I can do to be, to make this country better. Yeah. It was all, did you hear what he said 20 years ago? Or did you see what she did when she, who? See, I can, I can, what, I can, what I can never are run you, for office. You know, going to do. Well, I'm running, so I'll be 35 coming up here pretty soon. So, you know, GR well, for president 2020, make sure to vote for me. I'm going to be, you know, running on that. So, no, see, I, 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 nothing. The only thing that's, uh, there's uh, photos of me in ladies' clothes from the late 90s. So that, yeah. that ruined my career in politics. Hey, you never know. I'm sure there's some politics that politicians out there who've worn ladies' clothes and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so, my, you mean, know what? Nowadays, it might be better for me. I don't know. Yeah. Just depends on what ticket <clears throat> I run on. Yeah, it's very true. All right. Well, get it back away from politics because <laughs> as much as we say we don't want to get political, I don't think we gave away too many secrets or took any hard stances on anything. No, so I, th I thought that was I thought that was okay. You know, we'll retain good. your uh, we'll retain your subscribers. I think with that, yeah, I think so. Um, so house building, music. We kind of talked about airsoft. I don't know how much we could really talk about airsoft to entertain the crowds. What else? Uh, what else does uh, Mr. McKnight here do to besides you know have his occasional you know, beer and uh, you used to be a big whiskey drinker and that kind of stuff. But what 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 makes uh what makes me tick? Yeah. Oh, geez. You know. Or what are you doing for? What are your hobbies? You're doing your entertainment. How do you? My my hobbies right now is building this damn house. <laughs> no. Um. I. You know. Uh, my wife and I are. We we enjoy we enjoy watching. We enjoy binge watching like most most uh lazy Americans do now. But uh, we we have a we have our set shows. Um. I think I you know, when I I caught part of your podcast uh, today about Game of Thrones where I would I would I would have to say here at the table that Game of Thrones might be the the most perfect story ever created because it's just got everything. Um yeah. That's a that's a big one. That's a big staple in our house. Uh Walking Dead. It's it is becoming a little bit tougher even I mean I'm I'm a pretty loyal Walking Dead fan. I uh I'm a comic reader. I, I got into it after the show originally came out, and I go, oh, I, this is like heroin. I need more of it. And so I, I started uh, reading the comics, and I, I like the comic storyline better. But, uh, you know, the show it's the show surprises me, keeps me on my toes. Um, and then the other one, the other one, a lot of our shows are we're always looking for a, a new show. But the one I'm really excited for uh, coming actually is on tonight. I know what I'm doing after this podcast. <laughs> Better Call Saul uh, season four is going to be on. Oh yeah, and so that's the spinoff of Breaking Bad, right? Absolutely. He yeah. was like the kind of dirtbaggy lawyer that was in that, right? Yes, and uh, I, I can't wait to see what uh, Saul or Jimmy is getting himself into this season. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Better Call Saul. I mean, I watched the first two or three. I mean, I think the season of Breaking Bad is right when they first met Saul. So whatever season yeah, of Breaking Bad like that is. three, I believe. And um, I'm just, I think I talked about it on the, the last one we did that. I start watching series. Like I watched Walking Dead. I get to a certain point and then I just either get burned out or lose interest and then I just never go back. There's, I probably have half a dozen series that 
I'm like a season or two away from finishing or getting caught up on that. I'm just like, meh. Like even, you know, I work graveyard and so I stay up late. And last night I, I spent, you know, a better part of the night watching, you know, Netflix. And then I bounced to HBO. And then I'd bounce to whatever, just trying to find something like, oh, you know, I can get caught up on Shameless or The Last Kingdom or um, what else am I watching? Uh, Frontier. And I'm like, no, I don't want to watch that. No, I don't want to watch that. And eh, that doesn't sound entertaining right now. And I just bounce back and forth and back and forth, you know. Even like the short ones, like Ballers is a half hour on HBO. I watched everything until this last season. I'm like, eh, I'm good for now. And I'll probably get back into it eventually. But for whatever reason, I grind out for a while and then fall off. Except for Game of Thrones. It's the only one I've ever watched start to finish twice. And I was even almost tempted last night to start it over for a third time after talking about it a bunch. I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's some parts I want to go back and revisit again. But it is, I would agree that it, to me, it is a well-produced well acted, well written, and it's you know right now in 2018 a you know cultural mainstay. I mean, most people, everybody's heard of it at least in you know America, Europe, and those types of ones. Um, most people have at least watched an episode of it, or you know. But that, I would say the same thing about you know Breaking Bad or Walking Dead. I think Walking Dead is probably the most recent cultural equivalent of diehard fans can't wait people get emotionally invested into characters that you know when certain characters die they're just like that's it i quit I'm not watching this anymore but they come back the next week yeah no ab- absolutely and and being a being a fan of the comic and and you know no spoilers but you're you're kind of prepared for certain characters to go at certain points and, and you get okay with it my wife is not a comic reader and so like you, you, and you don't want to ruin it and but she's always she's always one of those that goes what happens now? What happens? I'm not telling you. I'll ruin the surprise. Yeah. But then, you know, I'll be the one nursing her back to health when she's like, I, I, she would, that bothered me. Like, I'm really mad right now. <laughs> so. yep. My wife's that same way that there are certain ones that, you know, um, you know, her big one, we just, you know, ended up binge watching. We made it all the way through and caught up with, ga- um, not Game of Thrones, uh, Grey's Anatomy. And that was one that, you know, it's for me, I thought it started out really good and then it took a political turn and now I don't think it's a very good show and luckily they're ending it soon. But there'd be ones where certain, you know, characters would get killed off and she would like be upset, She'd have emotionally to go upset and like, again, almost just quit. <laughs> nope, I can't watch this no more. There'd be movies we'd watch. You know, even, I mean, I guess there's varying opinions, but like uh, Armageddon, some people love it, some people hate it. I'm more that I enjoy the sci-fi aspect of it, but spoiler, if you haven't seen it by now, Bruce Willis dies at the end of it. My wife watched that, liked the movie up to that point. As soon as Bruce Willis died, she will never watch that movie ever again for as long as she lives because she just gets so emotionally invested in whatever character that you know she has that kind of visceral response when they did, get killed off or now whatever is that, happens. Is that her natural response, or did that come after you guys had kids? Um. I'd say it's natural because we watched that, I think, before we had kids. I think now that we have kids, there are some more emotions that are in there. I mean, she's definitely the more emotional one out of the two of us. And yeah, I know she's probably been listening to this and I'm going to be in trouble. But, I'm definitely you know, in trouble for my wife. She, uh, subscribes. Um, I mean, we've always kind of joked that I have one feeling a year, and so I don't use it very often. And so she's definitely the balance, you know, the yin to my yang, if you want to say, for that kind of stuff, where she ha- is a much more empathetic person and can kind of feel – you know, what's going on through that kind of stuff. So I think that's probably part of it. You know, she's one that does, you know, cry when she watches certain shows. And, you know, I'm sure she would cry at commercials if she wanted to admit it and that kind of stuff, depending on what it is. And um, 
So it's it is, but for her it kind of depends. If it's kids or for whatever reason old people, she has a much fonder attachment to those. So I guess more vulnerable people she has more of attachment to. But if it's you know even the the lovable kind of anti heroes, if those people die, she's more like eh whatever. But if it's you know someone who is the fan favorite and everybody loves and it's the cool you know nice person or whatever and they get killed off oh if she was a letter writer she'd be writing letters to the you know that producer to let him <laughs> have a piece of her mind i know i i noticed like when when my wife and i are dating we could watch anything i mean we watch and she's a big horror fan um and she still is uh, but we went we went from watching uh, you know you watch like a slasher movie she's like i just can't watch you know like as soon as the kids came along, like, you know, a kid gets, you know, like something bad's happening to a kid or, you know, she's just like, you know, and it's, it's an intri- it's a really important part of the story, like why the character's doing whatever they're doing. Uh, she's, you know, and like, I'm like, but I really want to watch the show. It's going to be good. You know, like someone's going to get hurt and I want to see it. Um, and she's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally against this, but she can watch, you know, like a bang, bang, shoot him up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, just anything that's, you know, too, too real or too serious, she can't do or real, real bloody or violent. She won't do anymore. And that's post kids. And that's post kids. She can do game of Thrones. She did game of Thrones really well. That's, that's probably her favorite show, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. something happened with, you know, her maternal instinct where they, she's yeah. like, I can't do this well, anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm in no way a subject matter expert and anybody who sticks around long enough to listen to my outro at the end of every episode, I'm not going to ever say that I'm a subject matter expert, but I do research a lot of things online and, you know, I try to verify as much as I can, but I remember reading one thing about, um, that mother's brain chemistry actually changes oh, I believe when they that. have kids, you know, better or worse, you know, you know, people who have like postpartum, not even that, but like just their, essentially their makeup of, you know, their chemicals and their brain and how it reacts and their feelings has that change once they have kids. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I've noticed that, you know, um, as you were saying, you know, my wife was in the, you know, fire service, you know, doing that. And she's gone to many emergencies and seen many a thing through that. Um, not quite as much as, you know, me or you, but more than the average Joe person, you know, and she works in a hospital. But if something were to happen to our kids, all that goes out the window. I've seen her throw herself on the floor in just this utter you know, in law enforcement call condition black where she's just utterly useless in helping what she knows how to do because it's a kid or her kid or that kind of stuff where me, my training and whatever just kicks in and it's just action mode where her mode is protection mode. Which is like something's happening to my child. I don't know what to do. Somebody come help me. And, you know, if it was her by herself, I think she'd be able to do it. But knowing that, yeah, I guess not too much at home, but knowing that I'm there, I think she allows herself to have that response, which again is the yin to my yang. Where I'm more just like, eh, oh, yeah. you're right, walk it off. But, well, we had a, it, and she's, you know, before my wife was kind of, she'd get goofy around like emergency situations, like I don't know what to do, or you're, like one one time when we were dating, she almost like, she like a macaroni noodle fell into the into the coil of the stove, and it like it caused this flame up, and she like like kind of panicked and I go here, just let's just turn the heat off and it's all right. You know, it's all right. Um, you know, so she kind of like before kids, she couldn't handle it. Like, and she, she doesn't want to, 
Uh, but my my kid, my my son, he split his head open uh, a couple months ago, and I mean it was. I mean he slipped and fell out of the bathtub and landed on the tile, and you know my wife sends my daughter out because I was I was outside doing something, and so I come in and I go, well, what what's the deal? You got every, you're doing everything you're supposed to do, and she was totally like. She was cool, but she just needed to be, you know, validated that she did the right thing. Mm. And you know, I think if that would have happened before, you know, before children, she would, she wouldn't have been able to handle that. But she went into mama bear mode mm-hmm. and and did what she was supposed to do. So, no, nope. and, and that part I think has also changed that maternal instinct of not just protector, but also willingness to do that mama bear thing. That you know, I would say that my wife is more, you know, passive than say I am. You know, she's not necessarily going to be one to go jump in and you know break up a fight if she had to but if somebody were to come around her kids and try to hurt them oh yeah dear I, god you should be more afraid of her than you are of me that kind of comes because she'll gouge your eyes out and do whatever it takes to get it where you know mine will be a little more tactile and you know training wise where hers will just be spider monkey It'll and just be all violent yep and so i think that's also you know part of that that you know she's even said you know when they've gone um, we have a really popular um, trail around here that and there has been some incidents where, you know, people have been attacked by different things or whatnot. And if she's by herself, you know, would she be able to defend herself? Probably, you know, she'd probably, you know, have to give it a good one. But if our kids are there and if somebody were to try to do something, they'd be calling yeah, the police. They'd be calling the police <laughs> saying, there's this crazy lady with kids chasing me down the trail. Oh, that's awesome. But, you know, that's, you know, good on her. And it's, and I've, helped in preparing her for that you know she's gone to women's self-defense classes you know i've bought in her firearms she's gone to firearms training you know she's a pretty decent shot she carries on a pretty regular you know basis when she can i mean she can't always carry to work and that kind of stuff so i think having those tools and being able to feel a little more empowered has also kind of helped and becoming a little bit older and kind of seeing the world a little bit more for what it is and pulling back those blinders a little bit that I think a lot of people have on and that yeah. situational awareness. I mean, I don't see her putting herself in situations where those things happen. Yeah, I'm not victim blaming, but people do need to take accountability for themselves. If you walk down some seedy alley in Seattle in the middle of the night, Pioneer Square, expect to run into somebody that's probably there to do something nefarious. Yeah. That you kind of have to take some ownership on that kind of stuff and but I don't see her putting herself in the situation because she is a little bit more aware. I don't think that necessarily growing up that, you know, really any of us were not until I got into this job that I really opened my eyes to the evil that is out there and how purely evil humans can be to each other. That yeah, humans are the worst. You know, the stuff that, you know, we've done, I've been to homicide school where they've made us watch videos that they got, you know, after, you know, arresting, you know, serial killers and the stuff that they do to people with zero emotion, zero remorse, will turn almost anybody's stomach and it's just to you know not just visually but just to realize how evil people can be with it's hard for me to wrap my mind around sometimes but you know and i i get it i i, I get you know because you you're just like wow what the hell's wrong with people yeah but uh yeah know, i mean I, get a little dark there for a minute but you know you, i like I'm, I'm still one of those like classic believers that everyone can do you know like we're we're all we're all in this together. We might as well you know make it work while we're here. You yeah. know, so I, I'm I'm a big believer in that. You know, what you do with your time here on Earth is is really you know up to you. Yeah. And you know it's either gonna you know make a difference or not. No, I I've from subscribed that I don't believe that 
you know, you can be a product of your situation, but you can also affect that whatever that product and product ends up being. You know, you've see, you can see the su- success for some people who've been, you know, in poor social economic or abusive families or whatever and become successful. But then obviously in my and yours line of work, we see the other end of that where they're just like, I'm not succeeding because of A, B, C, and D, which is other people's faults, not my own. But then you've probably also seen the ones that I have, I still have A, B, C, and D, but I'm working to get out of that situation that I'm in and yeah. they can be successful. It's so hard though when, when the mentality is raised that way and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to help them out and give them, it's hard to provide them with tools, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, that becomes a little bit more difficult. And, but I, I try to, I try to coach people along and, and help them, you know, know that they don't have to, they don't, there's other options than what they know. And that's, that's the biggest yeah. thing. And, and doing like, you know, like being a part of teams or, you know, like community groups. I was like, I, I enjoyed being a firefighter. You're part of a team. Um, I never played a whole lot of sports when I was a kid. So, you know, getting to participate and do that kind of stuff was really awesome. I'm, you know, I like the job where I work now. It's, it's really team based and, and it's, you know, everyone's trying to get the same goal at the end of the day and we take care of each other. And I, I really like that aspect. And, you know, working with the clientele that I work with, you don't, they don't know how to play on a team and it's, it's really sad and they don't know how to, you know, take care of each other and, or the team that they're on is all, you know, they've, they've all hitched their wagon to each other and that wagon's careening out of control. Absolutely. And so sometimes they're on the wrong team or they're, they're hitching their wagon to the wrong team and that kind of stuff. Where if you're on a team that's there to do positive, you know, for, you know, I'd say it all the time, the lack of a better term, it, you know, you can be, you can ride that success, but you can just as easily ride that failure if you focus on, oh, I want to hang off my friends. Well, my friends are going out to do these things that I probably shouldn't be doing, but if I don't do it, I'm not going to be cool. They're not going to like me anymore or whatever. I mean, I grew up with the parents that owned a restaurant. I can't tell you how many times I'd hang out with buddies. We, I think we're having the best of times and, you know, I'd want to be nice and I'd get them some food. Well, then the next time we'd hang out, hey, you going to get his food again? No, man, not this time. Okay, cool. So we're, we, we're going to go. <laughs> and hey, we'll hit you up next time. All right, cool, man. And I would never talk to him again by my own choice. Like if that's what I'm, if that's what you're going to use me for, then I'm out. But I think a lot of people have a hard time unhitching themselves from those type of people. Oh, as long as I keep providing them, you know, quote unquote, for the, that free food, they're going to think I'm cool. I'm going to be the popular kid or whatever. Where sometimes I tell people all the time, my job, you know, the people who are trying to get clean, the people who are trying to get off drugs or you know whatever issue they may be having, is sometimes. You just have to disassociate with the environment that you're in, your oh, friends yeah. or your family, whatever's making you want to do those things. The people who are always doing those things, if you don't get away from them, that's going to be sometimes your hardest burden. You can go to treatment, you can go to prison, you can go do anger management, you can do all those things. But if as soon as you get out, you go right back to the situation that you were in before, your odds of success is way less than if you disassociate with, okay, me and this guy used to drink all the time together and now I'm an alcoholic and I'm, I got a DUI or whatever. And as soon as you get out, you go back and hang out with that person. They want to go out to the bar. What success do you think you're going to have? Very low, but if, okay, I'm not going to hang out with that person, but Hey, this other guy who I hung out, not as much cause he didn't want to party. I'm gonna go hang out with that person maybe. And I, in my experience, I've seen much higher success, hit yourself into that other wagon, you know, and 
my, you follow that path. Uh, my current role model right now, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fanboy a little bit. I hope he's listening to the podcast. I doubt it. Not that your podcast isn't cool, but I just, uh, just we're just starting. not we're just not there yet. But uh, one of one of my big uh, I, I'm just I'm just into every like can do no evil to me is Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt is one of those like I'm just like man, this guy's he he's big on you know. Uh, community service he does good things he's got the the platform you know like i wish i was someone that sick kids want to see i go visit him every now and then you know yeah. like but that's just not the case um but he he's he's really big on you know um just just service work and 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 making everything good and and i that's a just a he does a lot of stuff that i've seen that i'm just like man this guy just can't get any better yeah on that note I wanted. I I've been listening to your podcast. I brought my bag of props here mm-hmm. that I haven't really delved into because I only have two more props left in this bag. <laughs> but you said you were a fan of blackberry pie. Yeah. Well, it's you know how hard it is to get a blackberry pie in town on like a, you know two days notice that you're going to be on this podcast and and be busy. Yeah, my wife had to go pick blackberries so that she can make a pie because you can't get them. You can get the fake ones, the Marionberry and the Loganberry sometimes, but a true blackberry pie is hard to get. Well, I don't know if this is a true blackberry pie because I bought it at the Mobile One gas station while I was getting propane the other night. But I brought you a pie, yeah. little blackberry pocket pies. Yeah, these little things pocket are amazing. Pie. And I ate the Boston cream pie that I bought with yeah. it, and it because these are like good. a mixture of like a donut and a pie. Yeah, it because was, it, it has was, like that glazing on top. It was good. It's cop food right there. Oh yeah, this is definitely a you know going to any of the gas stations or. Um, I used to always get these, but they were in like that uh, crinkly wax paper. Yeah, that's yeah. how they used to be. I always could go to Safeway and get these things. I was really impressed with that for a gas station purchase at the last minute. Yeah. So I've been paying attention. I've been listening. Well, that's good. I hope everybody's listening. Hey, if anybody wants to send me, you know, some uh, blackberry pie or other things, blackberry pie might be a little hard to ship, but you know, I, I, might, I definitely appreciate it. I might be the only guest that's brought you. A, you like are the a only tribute. guest. Usually, I'm the one that provides, you know, beverages and whatnot when I'm here, and so. You're definitely, and it's also known that you listen to it to pick that up. Yeah. See, I'm trying. I'm trying to show listening. I'm, you know, like paying attention. I'm, a, I'm. Well, careful. Your wife might be listening, like you said, and then she's gonna expect that kind of listening from you. Then. I don't know if anyone out there heard my eyes roll real hard, <laughs> but they just did. <laughs> but no, that that's. Uh, I thought that would be a, a fun little gag to to bring this in. Like yeah. I said, pies aren't. Uh, you know, I, I went to the pie section at, at Safeway, and they didn't have. A blackberry pie. I was really disappointed. I'm like, no. oh, I'm gonna bust this out real quick. It's exciting. I'm gonna eat that tonight when I'm. Uh, it's a good dessert. Binge watching whatever I'm watching, or actually just pick up a new video game. We'll probably be playing that tonight. We'll see Wait, what game did you pick up? I just picked up Witcher Three. So I know I'm I'm always late to oh, the game. Oh my! God. I know I went on the GTA bandwagon like a year or two after everybody else was playing it. I was same with, um, you know, I got into Elder Scrolls Skyrim after everybody else did. But I just picked up Witcher. I know it's been out for a while, but. That that game. I hear I'm gonna be absent for the next like three months. Yeah, it's a good thing you're on nights. Uh, great game. A uh, little bit, a uh, little bit edgy. A little bit. Uh, you know, I made my way through that world, uh, uh, having my way with many a uh, sorceresses. <laughs> just my goal. But uh, no, that's that's a great game. I it, it's a it's a good playing game. Well, uh, I'm about 20 minutes in, so I have zero idea. I don't love the third person. I'm used to more first person in that open world sense because that's how Skyrim is more th- first person. So I'm trying to get just the feel right now. And I don't play as many games as I used to. I mean, I used to nerd out 
Well, working nights, I, but. I did a lot more uh, with this with this house project. I, I'm like, I, I come home and I'm just, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. So it's a good way to, for me, it's a good way to decompress because I can just, and I, I can put games down. Like I, you know, tonight, you know, we had this podcast coming up, I had to do dinner. I just pause the game. I can go cook. Like I'm not one that's like, you know, oh, just give me one more hour. And then six hours later, I'm like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm almost there. You know, that's the, I, I, I can put games down for a little. And again, I've, there's probably a, four or five games. I'm like within an hour or two of completing that is stop playing. I don't know what, uh, what I, that personality quirk that I have that causes that. That's me but this year. I just, I have a problem finishing things like that. I mean, if it's something important needs to get finished, I can get it finished. But if it's something trivial, I mean, cause I mean, in all honesty, TV movies, video games are trivial in the grand scheme of things. So not finishing, it really has no detriment to my life if I never finish it. But yeah, there's a, there's a, a couple games out there now. I, and I used to be like, I, I would just devote myself to one and finish it. And then you get, you get a bunch of garbage from your friends that are online. Like, hey, why don't you play it? And I'm like, nah, I don't want to play call of duty. Get get out of here. Yeah. But, uh, no, that, that that's a good one. You, yeah, you are going to be absent for a while. Um, I'm late, looking forward to it. Late I'm on, to the I'm game, on nights but... for the foreseeable future. So oh, okay. it'll be, a lot. I mean, f- as far as I'm aware, I'm probably going to be on nights. I'm on nights for the rest of this year, and I'm probably going to be on nights all next year. So, you know, it'll be a long time before I start working daytime again. Absent filling in because uh, being a relief supervisor, I tend to – I get bounced around. Every I've worked day shift for the first time in a long time at the beginning of this year. But, um, all right. Some of the background noise you're probably hearing is your family coming home. They tried to stay away so we could have some quiet. So we're going to kind of wind this down a little bit unless you have some props you wanted to bust out oh, some more. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, Just I'm your good. other tasty beverage you got going on? Yeah. All right. So we're going to go with the pivot questionnaire that we go with everybody. Um, not everybody. I guess we didn't do the last one because it hasn't, wasn't as much of an interview one of the Game of Thrones ones. And then I'm going to introduce a new segment. We'll see how successful it is. I don't know if everybody follows, but it's going to be um, what's your EDC. And so we'll... Uh, talk about what that is but we'll do the pivot questionnaire first um i do modify it you know it is from the inside of the actor's studio and again he stole it from somebody else but uh what is your favorite word um, my favorite word mm-hmm. um probably money i don't know money's a good word so then what would be your least favorite word uh bay the uh the um mm. you know like oh bay, bay caught me sleeping again that's my least favorite word on yeah. probably the planet I think that's probably my equivalent of on fleek. I mean, it's just a made-up term to me, and I don't I don't get it. People talk about, yeah, my bet because then I don't. It's I'm guessing it's gender neutral because it can be yeah, you know, and you guy know how or I hate or, gender neutral words. <laughs> um, what is a trait that you find attractive, or something that you know, if you're gonna either something initially found in your wife, or when you find a new friend, or something that to you kind of draws you in sass someone that someone that'll verbally spar with you and uh you know just kind of knock you off your feet a little bit and go oh okay yeah like for example the the first thing i ever said to my wife was do you have a social disorder we've been married ever since (laughs) we actually just celebrated our our 12 year anniversary yesterday there you go but no sass and then she gave it back to me like aren't you uh i was i was doing a like a EMT demonstration at the the summer camp that we were both counselors at and I couldn't do a triangle fold bandage and she goes like aren't you an EMT you basically yeah. you calling you dummy out. she called me out yeah. yeah that's good I like that um so in the opposite of that what's a trait that you find to be unattractive um I would say general snobbery um 
you know, just kind of thumb your nose. At, so thumb the, your nose the entitled mindset. Yeah, I, entitlement. That's absolutely another one. Yeah, I can get behind. I can get behind both of those. So I know we haven't really. We've been pretty good this episode. I don't know if I have to, you know, check the explicit box. I th- actually I think I forgot to check it the last one. So sorry, parents, if you <laughs> listen to the last one, I forgot to check the explicit uh, box for the Game of Thrones ones. But uh, what's your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word is probably shit. Being like, ah, shit, I really messed that up. You know, yeah. I, I say it a lot. Nope. And everyone, everyone uses the F word. I, you know, I like it. It's interchangeable, but you know, it's just, eh, yeah. I want to change things up for you. So, what sound or noise do you love? Very good. That's what the props for, right? Yeah, that was. I've been waiting all. <laughs> I got to see. I've been listening, so I knew how to do it. That's good. So then, what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, the sound of a uh, Windows PC uh, error message. Oh, like that, like Bing Bong. Or yeah. Whatever that. Oh man, that makes me hate things. So then, what's your opinion on like the uh, like the notification ones and that kind of stuff? Is that something that gives you anxiety, or is that something that kind of like, ooh, I got a message? Uh, the the notification ones don't bother me as much as like you know, like especially our computers at work are just horrible. And uh, you're like in the middle of something, and it screws up, mm-hmm. and so you just I just lose my mind, and they happen more and more regularly. Like I haven't experienced that since like the late '90s, and then I went to work for the county. So hey, PC platforms, man. I'm a Apple fanboy through and through. I just bought my first Apple phone. Well, I guess it's been two years, and I'm never looking back. Yeah, I, I could go, I could have a whole podcast on why Apple's better than uh, Android. Okay, so uh, what profession other than your own? would you like to attempt? And we'll even include the ones that you've previously done, your EMT, your house building, your firefighting. Oh, man. That's, that's Unless you would really would want to go back to one of those as a full-time. If, if, I get a, if I get a mulligan on life and I had better vision, be a fighter pilot. I can, I can get behind that. I would yeah. love – mine's motion sickness. If I wasn't motion sick, I would get a pilot's license. But since I get motion sick, flying is completely yeah. out of it. The older me. I get, the worse it gets. The worse it gets. So – no matter how much money I'd pay you to do it, what profession would you not like to do? That's a, that's a toughie. That's a toughie because I there's no that like you just absolutely like nope. Um, can't can't be a camp counselor like you said for every single day or. A, well, I know, mean, I could think of a lot of for like a bad jobs. That, you, know, you know, I mean, think back to all the uh, Mike Rowe dirty jobs that you know you saw any of those that you don't think you'd want to. No matter how much they paid you for, you know, be a. I don't think I'd want to work in a nursing home. For a couple of different reasons. Yeah. I mean, you had experience not working in it, but having me exposed to it when yeah. you're on the ambulance and that I, kind of stuff. And it's super depressing. And I'm like, I, I don't I, you know, and I'm, I'm really bad about, you know, like when, when people are, you know, like when people are terminally sick, I have a hard time conveying any like, you know, type of, I'm not good with, I'm not good with words. It's not that I'm insensitive. I'm just not, I'm not real good with that because it, it triggers something in me. Yeah. So we're going to nursing home probably be the, the one. All right, I can get behind that. So last one here. If heaven, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That's good to see you. <laughs> All right. Glad you made it. All right. I like it. It's, I think that's uh, been the common theme of, you know, either good to see you here or is all worth it or, you know, some type of uh, more joyful, I guess, from there. So now we're going to talk just for real quick. What's your EDC? If every day before you walk out of the house, what are you putting in your pockets? What are you carrying on your person? Oh, uh, it's usually my my key fob and keys. Uh, I grab my cell phone. So, are you a lot of key person, or are you a minimalist key person? I, well, 
That's funny that you asked that. I just bought a new truck, and so I got to basically rearrange my key fob, and so now I just have my my key, and I don't own a home, so I don't need a key to a house, and there's an access, you know, like an access number on my mom's house, so I'm a, yeah, I just, I'm a one key guy with a fob, and then the dealership tag that I haven't taken off yet, and then um, I keep a separate key ring for when I work on the house with, oh, I got like equipment keys and my padlock keys for my tools and stuff like that, but. So it's a current, but I'm guessing six months from now when your house is done, you won't have that necessarily have that key ring yeah i'll just throw i'll just throw it in the console in my truck so i can get it whenever i need it but yeah uh, that phone and then usually i i I guess i'm I'm not don't tell my wife i hope she's not listening like working on the house i have to make lists now because i'm getting old and i forget things and i hate lists so if she found out that i was making lists for things i need to buy she'd never because i tease her all the time she's she loves lists (laughs) so sometimes that all right uh Anything else? I mean, pocket knives or, I mean, I'm guessing cell phone. Everybody's attached to a cell phone. Is it always on you or are you one that kind of leaves it in the truck and I'll get it when I need it? Uh, I, I typically, I typically keep it on me. Uh, it's, it's a, unless, you know, unless I'm at my current job, it's always, it's just in a pocket, which gets sandy, dirty. Um, it, I need a better, better, better case, but, uh, no, I keep it with me. Um, if I'm, Working on the house, I'll throw like a like a box cutter utility knife in my in my car hearts, and yeah, that's about it. Belt, I always need a belt. That's uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a huge belt person. Even if my pants don't require it, I just think that I need it. And then you know, for me, so for my EDC, I'm a minimalist key guy. Key fob, you know, my car is not the one that you know I can just get in with a key fob and do the push start. So I got to have key fob and key that goes with it. And then I have a little multi-tool, essentially, you know, it's got scissors and what you know, just real basic stuff on there. But then, and I hate stuff in my pockets. I mean, one of my friends, Danny, I remember he would have, he could like dump out like receipts from three weeks ago out of his pockets and change. <laughs> and to me that, I mean, I just look at that and it just drives me nuts. So I have a minimalist wallet, um, a Trayvax. Anybody who hasn't seen Trayvax wallets, I 100% am on board. I went from having the huge billfold that made you sit funny to a front pocket, only holds my cards, a little bit of money, and it's amazing. And then I just started carrying a flashlight every day. Um, I was always one like, oh, I don't think I'm ever going to remember it, but I was always put it in the same spot. I throw in my pocket every single day, and it is amazing how much you use a flashlight when you actually have one to use. Yeah. And it's not it's nice not to rely on your cell phone, especially because if you're trying to find your cell phone, you might need a light, and if you don't have your cell phone to find your cell phone, it'll be hard. Um, and then I have a Skeletool. Um, so it's, it has a knife on it, but like, I don't care like just a strict pocket knife because me, I'm not going to be one to pull a knife out to defend myself and have to worry about that kind of stuff. If it's gotten to the point where I'm that close to somebody and I got to worry about defending myself with a knife, it's already gone bad. And at that point, a knife's not necessarily going to help me too much more than what I have. And so I've been carrying that, but like I said earlier, I'm a firm second amendment believer and in my current job, you know, it affords me more latitude and where I can and can't carry. So yeah, absolutely. everywhere I leave, I carry a gun with me and it's not because I'm paranoid. It's not because I think, so, but I'm one of those people that if I know I can help or respond and I'm not able to, because I intentionally didn't bring something to help in that situation, I will live with that regret for the rest of my life. And so and if I was to be somewhere where there was an active shooter or somebody being hurt, where the only good medicine is, you know, hot lead downrange, and I don't have that, I know that I would live with that regret for the rest of my life. And so I carry 
everywhere I go. I carry to church. I carry to the mailbox. I carry to the store. I carry everywhere I go. And right now my carry is a Springfield XDS or a Glock 19, depending on what I'm wearing. Um, and to me, that's and you know I'm not getting into caliber debates. Nine millimeter, forty, forty-five. Something's better than nothing, as long as it's not um, something you're not comfortable with. And that's my biggest thing. If you're not comfortable with a gun, if you're not willing to use the gun, don't carry it because it's just going to get used against you. And it's and as long as it's not a high point. So if it fits those two criteria, then I'm a big supporter of Second Amendment. Everybody should at least be knowledgeable with the op- safe operation of a firearm. Oh, absolutely. And experience shooting it. And you, it's not for everybody I get. If people who say that they'll never be able to use it against another human being, then yeah, do it for sport or not. But obviously my line of work, I'm prepared to use it, but I hope I never have to. You're not Columbo. Yeah. Yeah, Columbo didn't carry a gun. All right. Well, thanks, Ken, for coming in. Hey, it's been a real pleasure. Hour and 40 minutes. Again, um, you can find Ken, uh, you know, go find his music. Uh, Wingman, Wingman Down. Wingman Down. Probably just maybe Google it. It might be... a. Uh, in there somewhere if not it sounds like a little bit of youtube or soundcloud or what was the other one reverb was it reverb nation reverb nation it's so been so long it's been so long it's yeah. like you, you a long time we'll, ago we'll see what's on there or not and, and like always you can find me at discussions around a table on instagram there's a link there for emails you know if you guys want to start sending me in questions or topic ideas or that kind of stuff definitely do that i think we should start a hashtag trend right now uh on this podcast and it's it's going to be get uh get jason on here what what can there we you do go. So, um, uh, get Jason or, uh, yeah, I think it's hashtag get Jason hashtag get Jason. So I yeah. must, I, I've always wanted to do this now. I feel like I got a little bit of power. Um, yeah. Hashtag get Jason on the show. Cause he's going to want to respond to this if, if he's out there listening. Cause I, I feel like he wasn't here to defend himself and he's he'll feel, well, Ken was misrepresenting me on the podcast. Yep. So, you know, I, I let's, let's do that. Yep. Let's see what we can get. So hashtag get Jason, uh, Send something either to my Instagram page as well and that kind of stuff, um, and we'll see if we can't get uh, something going. Again, thanks for coming, and hope you enjoyed the episode. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved. We do not represent any organization, current, former employer, agency, community, group, government, entity, or individual present during the recording. The host of discussions around the table and their guests are not subject matter experts on the topics that are discussed unless strictly expressed by the host or their guests. Any information given on the podcast is done so in good faith, if no malicious intent, or intentional misrepresentation. While the host and their guests have taken every precaution to ensure the content is both current and accurate, errors can occur. We make no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information on this podcast. There should not be a liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information, or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its use. It is the listener's responsibility to verify their own facts and form their own opinions. The listener should consult with a licensed professional familiar with their particular factual situation for advice before making any legal, financial, business, or personal decisions based on the information from this podcast. Any action taken based on the information of this podcast is strictly at your own risk.